Hello and welcome to the Liverpool Adventure podcast. We've changed names, guys. It's uh, It sounds much more adventurous, doesn't it, than the LFC talk for our old listeners. We have in an old regular to celebrate our name change. James Pierce, how are you doing today? I'm good, thanks, Rangild. How are you? I'm great, thanks. We both have that Santa uh, tan going <laughs> for us. So, uh, you know, you have to be happy after being uh, in the sunshine in beautiful Zaguintos. Was it as nice as it was for us? It was beautiful, yeah. And thank you for your recommendations. We went, took took a took a car and went went around the island and found some lovely spots. So um, yeah, back refreshed and looking forward to the new season getting underway with the squad reporting back to Kirby this weekend. Yeah, it's we are going to travel to Saudi Arabia, obviously David Fairclough today. But before we do that, how are you? Are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine, thanks. I haven't got a Zanti tan. I've got a Formby <laughs> Golf Club tan at the moment. You know, anybody knows what a golf golfer's tan looks like? That's me. Big red nose and uh, and a little bit of a tan on my arms. <laughs> oh, my legs! Don't, don't forget and your legs. A little bit on the old legs. Yeah, <laughs> got the whiteness. Uh, the whiteness has disappeared. Le- All the- down to golf. The legs no are traveling for me at the moment. Oh, but we will get you out there in the world now mentally because we're traveling to Saudi Arabia. The last few days have been absolutely packed in the media about huge profiles from our football club, old and new, uh, leaving the UK and Premier League era and, and uh, taking off to Saudi Arabia. Um, we're talking uh, Robbie Fowler, we're talking Steven Gerrard, and the last one uh, to come through is Roberto Firmino, or Bobby, as we like to call him, a huge club hero as well of the modern age. I don't really know who, where where we, we are going to start about this. Personally, um, I'm not going to reveal too much of what I'm thinking, but I've been a little bit sort of baffled over the last few days. I haven't really n- known what to think or say. I've been completely taken by surprise. Let's just let it hang there, and I'm really curious what you guys are thinking. Well, history has a way of repeating itself. Uh, I think the days of the NASL some time ago and, and China in recent times, I mean, I can think of you know, situations where lads were sort of saying to their representatives or, uh, you know, in the case of America, desperately trying to get out there, um, you know, that's natural instinct to, to follow the, uh, the the finance. I don't think, uh, I mean, you know, in, in recent, uh, in, over the last year or so, people have sort of tried to object to this so-called money washing or sport, sports washing, is it? Um, but as I say, it's a case of history repeating itself. I think there seems to be an exciting scene building up there in the Middle East. And as I say, I've seen it all before uh, with lads itching to get out to America and, uh, and yeah, in more recent times, China. Unfortunately, China didn't have the substance to back it all up. The worrying thing on this one maybe is uh, Saudi's wealth is... Uh, unquestionable and, and probably, you know, they, they're, they're going to be able to see it through, I think. James, um, the Saudi Pro League are aiming to become one of the top five biggest, best leagues in the world of football. That That's their aim now as they're, they've been shopping Benzema, Kante, Ronaldo was obviously the first one to go, um, Ruben, Neves... Um, and the list will go on and on this summer, I think. Um, they, they, they're out there with the big cards shopping. Huge, huge, huge salaries and fees. And what's your first take on this? 
Well, it's certainly changing the landscape of football because, you know, it's, as, as David said, it's nothing new, is it? These kind of like new leagues with new investments springing up and suddenly a new destination for players. But usually it has been players at the very back end of their careers looking for that one final payday before hanging up their boots. And then you, know, you mentioned probably the one that stands out for me so far is Ruben Nevers to leave Wolves at, was he 26, I think? Mm-hmm. And, you know... He was talked not long ago. He was going to go to Barcelona. You know, it's not. We're not talking about a player like, you know, has gone past their peak and is and is kind of you know falling away. So that was a big one because you know the other well, Benzema. You can kind of understand that where he's at, but um, as David said, just the sheer numbers involved are making it very difficult. I think for a lot of people to say no, and you th- I think you've got to take each case kind of differently. I think Firmino, you know, he had lots of offers to stay in Europe. Um, and clearly just felt that the finance was just too difficult to say no. I think, I think with Steven Gerrard and Robbie Fowler, probably slightly different because I think I think both of those we probably would have seen in jobs in England if the right one had come up for them in recent months. And certainly with Robbie Fowler, you know, he's been waiting and waiting for, for an opportunity that hasn't come along. So, you know, if you were a, a, a coach and a manager that's desperate to work and you haven't got any op- opportunities, it's very easy to say... You know, you'd rather he wouldn't go and work in Saudi with obviously the human rights issues and everything else attached to it. But I can understand the argument of, well, you know, where else? You know, I, I want to work. I'm a coach. And then, and that's the only opportunity that's on the table at the moment. And yes, of course, you can't ignore the money that is difficult to say no to. But I think there will be a limit to it because I know you, you're right. They've said they want to be one of the top five leagues. I still think for the vast, vast majority of elite players, especially in their prime years, they won't want to go over there because the Champions League is still the pinnacle. And, you know, we're not going to suddenly see Saudi teams entering the Champions League. So um, I think it'll appeal to to some players like Neves in their peak years. And predominantly, I think it'll still be about players at the back end of their careers rather than being a, a massive threat in terms of luring away, you know, I think Fabino was one of the ones that was linked this week. Salah's been linked. You know, I just don't see players of that ilk at the minute turning their back on the Premier League. Yeah, you didn't mention Steven Gerrard yet, and we will come back to him because I think he's like at, at, at his start of, of his managing career, so he's not at the, at the end of it. Uh, but we will leave him for a little bit and, and go back to Robbie first. I mean, Robbie has been really, really, really keen to manage. Um, I know that. I even sent out his CV to a lot of Norwegian clubs uh, because he asked me to a few years back. So he was he was ready to take on, you know. Uh, a fun challenge. He's been he's been in a few corners. He's been to Thailand. He's been to uh, Australia. He's been to India, hasn't he as well? Um, and tried um, a bit of luck in coaching. And in the meantime, he's obviously set up his Fowler Academy, which is doing really well. Um, but it seems like it's been really hard for him to sort of maintain that manager dream of his. So in a way, I can understand it. But then to go in the second tier to Saudi Arabia, to, to a team that was 11th in the second year last season. Um, you know, it's not even the, 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 the pro league. Um, I'm sorry, but that has to be just cash for me. Uh, and I'm a little bit disappointed because I don't think God should just aim for cash. He should think more about, you know, building, building football ethics and be a role model. And I think... 
I think it's tricky. I really think it's tricky because I know he's desperate to, to coach and hasn't had the opportunities right. Well, that, that, that is the is, you know seems to be the case. He is desperate to to maintain a presence in in, in the football scene, and I have no doubt. You know, I might be proven wrong, but. I, I don't think, you know, money talks at the end of the day and whether or not you've tried India or Thailand or whatever, if you want to get a job, I mean, and if you can't get into the mainstream of English football, and, and he has tried to get into the mainstream of English football a few times, uh, something sort of is, is, you know, is not sort of sitting right if you can't get a break. And gone are the days where maybe people did try to get a... Um, into the game via Norway, Sweden, or you know, maybe Denmark, even. Um, uh, if you can't get in it, I mean, their aspirations are the clubs in, in those in the Scandinavian countries now have aspirations of, of, of bettering themselves, getting into European competition, and, and the like. It's not seen as just sort of like, well, okay, we're, you know, we're an easy touch, come and just try your hand here. You have to be proven for the most part so i think you get to a stage where you know where i think let's say okay take the desperate out of it but i mean i think it's a case of getting into football anyway any way you can and then somebody from saudi arabia you know offers maybe a few bob more than uh you're able to get in say the far east or somewhere I think you join the uh, the thing, and and he will maybe have aspirations of of getting into one of these higher, you know, one of the top of te- you know top teams in 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 the in the Saudi league. Um, I know, I know. One of the appeals for him was you're right; they only finished eleventh in the second division, but they're also owned by one of the the richest companies in the world, one of the big oil companies that the budget is going to get massively inflated. He will have money to spend. And they've got big, bold plans to get up into the the top division. So I think it's not like joining a team that are in like a a massive mess and like what you're supposed to do with that. Like clearly there are the resources there and the ambition. And he thought, well, you know, that gives me a chance at least to have success. I I guess the question we probably don't know is if you're successful over there, does that really improve your chances back in Europe? I I don't know the answer to that. Yeah, I suppose ultimately the uh, time will only tell. But I suspect if uh, if you achieve success in any league, then it's it's a tick on your on your CV. Um, you know, Stevie, you know, is 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 a different uh, is a slightly different proposition. But um, uh, I, don't, I don't know. I haven't seen n- names and numbers from other other countries. It isn't the case of them just pillaging the. The Premier League, obviously, some of the the players have come left the the Premier League uh, are, you know, are eye catching. But uh, you know, what are the players like who they, who've left the Spanish league and and whatever? You, you see, if you look at the MSL at the moment in America, um, they have, they they've turned their back on a lot of British teams. A lot of you know, they don't see the British players as the being the the be all and end all. There's a lot of South Americans. There's a lot of uh, sort of Central American players over there who are very talented players and, um, you know, they're not, they're not, uh, you know, so the Premier League isn't the be-all and end-all. Uh, I mean, we, we tend to, you know, we, we are an island and I heard many years ago, it said, you know, Britain's an island, it thinks like an island, uh, you know, you think like the world 
starts and stops. Uh, you know, at our coastline, it does. It doesn't. So it's, it's, I'm going to be interested to see the type of players that are ultimately going to make up the teams. Because at the end of the day, they need uh, they need squads of 16, 18 players. Um, the Saudi clubs. So they're not just sort of, you know, they're, they're probably whilst most of the t- time you you feel at the moment maybe is being taken up, attracting some of the English names. You you know, I'm sure they're uh, they're all over Europe. But David, I have a different uh, sensation about, especially um, Robbie and and Stephen and and and, uh, and Bobby. <laughs> I, I'm very protective of, of our own, but um, we all know that Saudi Arabia's um, public investment fund owns Newcastle. I think this is like. Uh, another sort of approach in 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 getting uh, like building bridges and getting hands on on other clubs as well, connecting strongly to Premier League. As you were saying, uh, Bobby had a lot of offers in Europe, but still decided to go to uh, the Saudi Arabia League. He's only thirty one. He's got a lot of, of of years, probably not a lot, but a few years left in his legs. So I would think. Um, uh, isn't this a little bit of a? I, I, I've got this gut feeling that this could be like a little bit of a secret sort of bond making between Liverpool Football Club and uh, Saudi Arabia in terms of investing in our club. I'm terrified of that. You see, no, I, I don't. I don't think so. I think um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't put you know two and two together there and uh, and and make the it, it this is purely a personal i think it's a purely a personal thing between Firmino and um, and and his agents and um, as i said earlier i think the fact that you know you, agents these days call the you call most of the shots uh, i think bobby's probably turned around and said you know what i mean i would be interested in going to into uh, thinking if, I, if the offer i get from wherever he's had an offer from doesn't match anywhere near he might not have had an offer uh, who, know, who knows um, but uh, I think I think you got I go back to the thing that you know players are saying you know you can get me to Saudi Arabia I, I'd, I'd go and do it for uh, a couple of years uh, with the best will in the world I mean Bobby Firmino had passed his best days at Liverpool uh, he didn't have the the pace really to 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 stand you know to stand up in the in the Premier League the the way the game is so you know I think it's a it's an easier it's an easier option it, it's a case of I could handle this type of football if uh, you know uh, and if Benzema's getting the money that he's getting you know you know I won't be asking as much as Benzema so uh, so just uh, you know if you can get me out there. Yeah. Give me an option. But James, they have gone and signed three of our most iconic player profiles in modern history. Is is there something in my little suspicious no, uh, I, thoughts? I, no, I think I think it's I think I think David's right in terms of you've got to look at it from a wider lens and if you're the if you're the Saudis and you're drawing up a list, a hit list, I think across Europe rather than I don't think there's any particular focus on Liverpool. I think they just have a list of right if you know, if we were going to draw up in a fantasy football type thing, forty names you want to try and attract to this country to lift the profile of the league, lift the standard, 
you know, money is almost no object. You know, obviously, I think the four biggest clubs then they got brought back into public ownership, and so essentially they're being bought these players, you know, for them. Um, and then they literally just work their way down that list. And you know, some people have said no, so then they've gone back and added a couple of extra noughts on the end of the offer. And then some people have said yes. Um, you know, Thiago is another one who you know has had a, at the moment has turned down interest from the Saudis. But it's going to be interesting to see if they come back with an improved offer for him. But no, I think I think it is more widespread than that. I don't think there's any particular focus on Liverpool. It's just you know obviously we're we're focused on Liverpool. I think it probably just jumps out at us more. There's there's a, a hell of a lot of top names linked to lots of elite clubs that have been approached. But of course Liverpool being you know the global powerhouse that it is, you know there is prestige for them attached to attracting. You know, with Steven Gerrard, a Robbie Fowler, and a Roberto Firmino, and you know Sadio Mane was the talk earlier on this week as well. Um, but of course, you know Mendy's gone there, hasn't he, as well? And you know, you mentioned those other names earlier on with Neves and you know and Ronaldo before that and Benzema. So there's also you know Real Madrid, some real proper you know icons of Real Madrid as well that they've been trying to you know, desperately pull them over there as well. Yeah. But, we, pl- but we do players. know though, guys, we do know that if the right offer comes along. FSG is is keen to sell some of the shares or maybe even the whole club and Saudi Arabia has been in that mix and then in in my fears anyway. I, I, that, I don't hold that uh, no? that that fear. I think if FSG have done their money raise and that they that they wanted to, uh, and I think uh, things have stabled out, stabilized out in in that sense. But I think with the, with some players, they find it hard to say. Well, okay. I've been I've been a hundred and fifty thousand pound player for so many years. Uh, they think it's going to last forever. Some players can't adjust to the fact that they say, "Well, okay, now I'm only a, a fifty thousand pound player or a hundred thousand pound player," uh, and that's a week, by the way. Um, <laughs> uh, so they want the, these salaries to continue. And if somebody then turns around and says, "You know what? We could give you that for another two years," and they're thinking, "Well, if I go to..." You know, somewhere in Spain or somewhere like that, these play these clubs don't have the capacity, don't have the ability to uh, to give players the you know. So players should be a little bit maybe re, you know realistic and think, well, I'm not a hundred and fifty thousand pound a week player no more. Uh, but they find it hard not to accept, and if that that your know, that team or a club can't give you um, that level. And you've got somebody in, in Saudi that are willing to say, well, okay, we've got a budget there at the moment and we could give you that. And players, ultimately the end, the end comes, but for, an awful, for the majority of players, they can't realistically grasp the fact that, you know, I'm not worth the money that I, was, I once was, you know. So I think there's, I think there's some of that definitely in the, uh, in the whole scenario, certainly with the, with the names that I've seen, you know, being attracted to Saudi Arabia. Now we need to talk about the elephant in the room, in in my, <laughs> in my opinion anyway, and that's Steven Gerrard going. Um, he he has signed for. I hope I, I pronounced this right. I don't know even Al Etifak. Is that how mm-hmm. you say it? Yeah. yeah. It almost sounds like fuck, but never mind. Sorry, I didn't mean to swear. <laughs> <laughs> but I am a little angry that he's going, uh, personally. Um, and you're a f- good friend of Steven Gerrard, so I know it's probably hard for you to be to be too hard on him or strict on him or, or uh, disagree with his uh, decision, uh, David. But let's start with you, James. 
how surprised on a scale from one to ten were you when you heard that the man who who led uh, Rangers to the first league win after just three years in the job, the man who only got 11 months in uh, in Aston Villa um, and then been looking for a job ever since, um, that he decided to to make make the choice of El Atifak. Uh, no, I, I must admit I wasn't massively surprised because he... He clearly thought about it seriously last month. The fact that he went over there, spent a couple of days. There was, you know, lots of pictures of him over there having meetings with various people. So it was, you kind of knew that it was under serious consideration. And at the time, he didn't feel it was right. And then, what, two, three weeks further down the line, after further talks, you know, at the start of this week, it became clear that he was going to take the challenge on. So, um, personally, I can understand, you know, it. I think it comes back to what we were talking about before in terms of, well, what, what has he turned down to go over there? And it's like, well, the reality is if Stephen Gerrard had been offered the Leeds job or the Leicester job, he would have taken it. He didn't get either of those jobs. Um, and and, and this, he's a young manager that wants to work. And yeah, of course, you'd be foolish to ignore the financial side. But I think it's very easy. It, I, I think it's very easy to say, oh, you know, it's, you know shouldn't, you shouldn't be doing it. You shouldn't be taking the money. In, but until you like, how many people hand on heart can say that they wouldn't have made that same decision if they were faced with that kind of offer? I think it's very easy to take the moral high ground when you're not in that particular position. Um, and yeah, he's not silly. I don't. I don't think he'll think that if he goes over there and wins the league, that that suddenly means top Premier League clubs are going to want him to come back and manage them. But it's it's a short, you know, one or two years. Um, go over there, coach talent, as David said. It's not, it's not. Although obviously the big name signings are getting a lot of attraction at the moment. I think the maximum you're allowed from overseas in your squad is eight. So it's also part, you know, another part of the job is going to be developing the Saudi talent that's there. So that's going to be that's going to be a big part of the job as well. So, and and yeah, of course you can't ignore the human rights. Thank thing. you. It's I was like, waiting for that. No, you can't. But you can't <laughs> ignore it. But I think also. What sometimes annoys me is this expectation that footballers should should somehow be leading the fight against this when the government do billions and billions of pounds worth of trade with the Saudis every year. So it's like, I just don't think you can have it all ways where it's like, oh, you know, you shouldn't be doing that. You should be taking a, you know, a moral standpoint. But then, you know, your own government thinks it's fine to to be do, to be doing that. So I think, you know, as David said, the young managers, they want to work. It didn't work out for Steven Gerrard at Aston Villa. I think probably what damaged his chances on the back of that was Unai Emery going in and doing very well at Villa. Um, you know, I think if that had gone differently, then maybe Steven's time at Villa would look differently in terms of the perspective. Um, so, yeah, I don't have a massive problem with it. But you are a fan from you were little, and Steven Gerrard has always been such a huge role model. Um not only for Liverpool fans, but worldwide, you know, in the way he's been leading as um, uh, as example, really. Um, and as a woman, I have to say, you know, I'm really disappointed because he has that extreme standing as a role model and as an inspiration. Um, and and I, he, he's got that extra, I think he's got that extra weight and, and also that extra responsibility. And I think he would, if he was patient enough, he would get other good opportunities in, in places where they don't, you know, stone women to death if, if they have been raped and reported. Uh, and they don't... Um, 
disagree and and um, and find being gay a crime and where they don't use slaves to build these incredible uh, buildings i mean there's so many completely wrong things about saudi arabia at this point in time um Shouldn't he have at least a little bit extra responsibility, David? No, I'm not. Yeah, I say I'm, al I'm aligned with James. I think um, when when governments, you know, they have their decisions to make, and if they're they're not ostracising a nation like Saudi Arabia, then why get involved? I think you've seen uh, how the West got involved with the Middle East in the past, and the the, the you know the situation that it has created. Uh, you can't change the. You know the religion, you know the religious beliefs or their ways um, that have been set in stone for, you know, thousands of years. Um, that's not our job, and certainly not footballers' job to to highlight it. That's down to maybe Amnesty International uh, or the you know the other bodies that sort of try and police the world or you know bring issues. That, uh, say the West doesn't like to a wider audience. So no, I, I certainly can't expect footballers, and I don't, I don't lose any, um, I don't lose any. This will split people, the, you know, opinions. I, already, a friend of mine said the other day, "What's he doing this for?" and all that type of thing. Well, I mean, if it's forty million little reasons, then so be it. I mean, uh, you know, where would anybody else be if they were, you know, had the opportunity to? You know, sort of add that to their their bank account over the uh, over the next few years, and um, now I, I don't lose any I don't lose any sleep over it personally, because uh, I say it's not a sportsman's job to uh, to to make a make a standpoint and 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 say you know yes but, no or otherwise. But James, shouldn't isn't that the, the magic of, of sports though? How we are. <laughs> something that can bind the world together do you think in reverse capacity having characters like this coming over and and giving the saudi league more attention and creating these discussions can help build bridges and help improve the human rights in the long run could, could it uh, could well, it kick back like the, that yeah, yeah i think that has to be the hope because if i think the thing is if saudi clearly with you know the amount of money they're throwing at not just football but you know golf you look at what's happened there in recent times as well they are opening saudi up they they know that with this influx of icons of the game going to to saudi there's going to be a lot more people wanting to go to saudi to to go over there you know, the, the, you know even from just a perspective of being a journalist like you know, I know the Athletic will be sending people over to cover Saudi Pro League games and spending time in Saudi, which, again, shines a light on these issues. We saw that with Qatar, with the World Cup, and, you know, with the horrendous treatment of migrant workers there. And, and, and yeah, of course, that's still a work in progress in terms of giving people better conditions. But So I, I hope it will lead to, like, hopefully some lasting change, because it, it will. It's... You, you can't have it both ways, can you, if you're the Saudis? You can't, on the one hand, want this exposure and publicity and aren't we brilliant, you know, bringing up the standard of the league, which I think, you know, I think FIFA have it ranked as something like the 54th best league in the world or something. And as you said, they want to be in the top five, which is probably a bit overly ambitious. But that that is going to lead to a lot more scrutiny and people actually on the ground over there from, from you know, Western media especially that... You know, those those some of those horrendous things you mentioned there, 
they will be exposed and talked about a lot more. And that is incredibly damaging if you're a country that is serious about trying to change your image. So, um, yeah, that's that's what I hope. Yeah, I think that I think I think that's true. And they, 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 for the betterment of uh, you know, they want to better their league. And that will you know uh, ultimately reflect into what they do with their society. Uh, it's up to them to make that change. And just to say, I've never been influenced by anything that a footballer's done. I've no, a footballer's never, apart from meeting Roger Hunt and thinking he was one of the nicest people <laughs> ever. I mean, everybody, footballers don't influence, have never influenced me. And I don't even look to, to think, as a tennis player ever influenced me or a golfer particularly? Um, so I think it's not, if we expect for you know sports people to to change um, people's perspective of all kinds of things, then I think you know, it's a bit of a pipe dream because it, it doesn't happen. I think you, there are better people out there to to take your examples from your mother, your father, or you know uh, that's where you that's where my sort of influence starts. Um, I've never been influenced by. Um, Anything that a celebrity has ever done has never influenced me personally. Yeah, uh, but I think you're a little bit unique there in terms of... I, I totally agree with you, by the way, that your parents should have your biggest influence on you. But I think, I think you know, a lot of kids look up to, to sports personalities, you know, when the first black man win a certain thing or uh, a first gay um, achieve this or that or the first handicap you know, in the Olympics to do that. I think, you know, they do shine the light and, and, and show kids all over the world what's possible, you know, that oh, yeah. dreams can be achieved. And I think it's great in that sense that, it, you know, ultimately, you know, this is a, a rare discussion for us because we love the game because it's politically and uh, free and it's poli uh, it's religiously free you know it, it's it's like a game for everyone and i think that's what i love with the sport so you you got the guards down in terms of you're not excluding someone because of their religion or their cultural background or their skin color and that's why you know when it gets to this extreme sort of scenario where where so many people uh, are going to a place where they just overrule all this diversity and inclusion and and when when people are elites uh, you know just because they have they have a different gender or or a different sexuality it's uh, yeah it is just hard for me to understand i i, I have to just to be that one in the room who just uh, say it out loud now to the whole world Robbie, you are a dear friend, but I am disappointed in you. Um, I still, I still like you, but uh, I am disappointed. And that goes to you too, Stephen Gerrard. You are the best player that has inspired me most to write books and and uh, study leadership. But you have disappointed me even more. Firmino, I thought you were like a really, really religious guy with like strong, strong values in life. And you quote the Bible all the time. So why would you go and support a league that is doing so many uh, <sighs> horrendous things to people who are not in that sort of elite uh, group? Yeah, so I got it out, okay? Is that okay? Yeah, exactly. That's the beauty of different so, opinions. It's an exciting time, obviously. <laughs> you know, we're in, the, we're in the middle of summer. Yeah. So-called. Um, <laughs> hopefully it's going to be back tomorrow. Um, but um, from, a, from a football point of view, we're much, I'm much more interested in what's happening in, in, around, in and around LFC and, and the Premier League as a whole. Um, you know, I won't be, 
you know, I don't more personally, you know, the the Saudi thing is it's incidental. I know we we should talk about it, but it it's sort of not on my sort of uh, things to worry about at the moment, or really sort of excite me, or or otherwise, you know, uh, the Premier League and what it, it's we're getting closer and closer. Players start training this week. We'll begin to see action going on in in all kinds of manner of friendlies, which won't be really that interesting, but it does sort of get the juices flowing again, and that's what we look forward to, the start of the season. And in the next episode, we will talk about the transfer window with the brilliant James Pearce, who is like so close to Liverpool in in everything he does. He's like such a dependable source, and I can't wait to hear your your rumours of what's coming up in the transfer (laughs) window and your look on what's there already. That's the next episode of um, uh, Liverpool Adventures. And... What I do want to say, though, I am in now no doubt that Saudi Arabia will be a talking point this summer. Let's just put it that way and and end with a thank you so much, James Pierce, and thank you so much, David Fairclough. No problem. Uh, my name is Rangne Lunansnes, and I am I am I'm, I'm the difficult. I'm in the difficult corner of of disagreeing today, and it's lovely to disagree sometimes. It's lovely to have different opinions. And until next time, take care and have a lovely summer. Thank <laughs> you.